It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. When I would do good, evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God and Christ Jesus. I'm ready for the fight of my life. Start the record. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where we help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Brian J. Henderson, and Greg will be with us shortly. You know, it's amazing. Uh, We just had a historic occurrence yesterday, and, you know, I'm just, I'm still kind of in shock of, how historic that day was, you know. And Greg and I, we've been we talked a lot, you know, during the day uh, outside of the show. Oh. And I can tell you that, you know, he's probably just as amazed as I am. Greg, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. I was just talking to our listeners, and I was uh, saying how amazed I was at, you know, the historic occurrence that occurred yesterday when folks went out to vote. Right, you right. know, and uh, I, I told him I was sort of still in shock at the outcomes. Well, tell them just don't be weary. We we have a, a powerful guest guest tonight. Powerful lineup of guests we have. So whatever they're going through, Brian, they'll forget about it after they hear tonight's show. So uh, we're just excited to have these wonderful, wonderful, talented, and blessed authors that we have on the show, and I'm just excited about them. Uh, we just spoke with the young lady. Um, uh, she's excited. She's here. We, the lines are lit up already. So uh, let's go ahead, Brian. Let's try to bring her in. Yes, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to say every week we've been talking about Haiti and about the struggle that that nation has been going through. And now, you know, lo and behold, the one thing that we all dreaded has occurred. There's a hurricane, and it's headed straight for that nation. You know, in addition to all the devastation from the earthquake, now they have outbreaks of cholera. And, you know, now they're faced with, you know, the the, the plight of a devastating hurricane. You know, I just want to ask our listeners to please be in prayer for the nation of Haiti as they go through yet another issue, you know. Um, we've talked in the past about sending in finances. You know, what they need now, money can't buy. Money can't pay for it. They need our prayers. You know, but Greg, yes, we got a great lineup tonight. Um, the title of the show tonight is called Home Again. And when I tell you, you, you guys are going to be excited to listen to uh, our four guests that we have tonight. And Great, like you said, let's bring them in. Let's go ahead and introduce each one of them. And I'm going to start off 
by introducing Maurice Gray. He's been on the show with us in the past, and so I'm going to start start off with him because, you know, he's a good friend of this show, and he's a dynamic author, editor, counselor, speaker, and comedian. And brother wears many hats, and he wears them all well. He's the author of two novels, one being To Whom Much Is Given, and the second, All Things Work Together. And he's also a contributor to three anthologies, Blessed Assurance, The Soul of a Man, and Home Again, which is uh, scheduled to be released. Actually, it released on November 1st. Uh, He's also edited several books, including Ocean View by Fred Gaines, Butterfly Wings by Reverend Terrell McNeil, and Then Some by Teresa Leaf, and most recently Business Unusual by Dr. Linda B. Our second guest is Dijon Moss, who holds a degree in English from San Jose State. He's the author of My Father's House, which is available in stores now, and The Retreat, which will be released in December of 2010. And he currently resides in Long Beach, California with his wife, Teresa. Then we have Jeanette Jones, who began writing at the age of seven when she was deeply moved by the historic movie Roots. Good movie, by the way. She immediately retreated to a quiet place to attempt her very own emotional story about a slave girl desperately seeking freedom. After proudly proudly presenting the 14-page booklet to her mother, she knew then she'd always write. As Jeanette grew into her other leading passions, music and dance, being my passion music, uh, she knew that writing would unfortunately take a backseat in her life. She continued writing in writing clubs, poetry groups, newspaper staffs, whenever she had the time, but reserved most of her writing for personal enjoyment. Wow. You know, that's that's a that's a secret passion of mine. I, I like writing stuff down and so I do that a lot. You know, I want to talk about our last guest. And last but not least, it's Wanda B. Campbell, who's an extraordinary and talented writer who brings creativity a new sense of hope and restoration through the healing power of God to the kingdom by the way of Christian fiction. She uses real-life, everyday issues to exhort, motivate, and give comfort. Currently, Wanda has published three novels, First Sunday in October, Illusions, and Right Package, Wrong Baggage. Her fourth novel, Silver Lining, is scheduled for uh, release on August 2011. She is also the founder of Micah 6-8 Books, LLC, and she's also been a guest on our show in the past. We welcome all of you, I'll take a breath now, to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Morris, Mr. Gray, you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, all right. Uh, all right. Wanda in? Wanda B. Campbell? Yes, I am. I'm okay. here. Moss? Yes, I am. I'm I'm here. We have everybody. Yes. Yes. Real quick, before we get started, uh, my wife's name is Trinia. I definitely don't want any any, uh, problems. (laughs) It's not Trinia. So (laughs) (laughs) I have one wife. I like this brother already. (laughs) Yeah. She's like Teresa. Like, oh, whoa. No, she's not. But that does not mean that you know she's not a. She's not listening, or people who uh, know of our marriage is not. So yeah, 
before it okay. before it gets no, put all no, over I, cyberspace. Okay, no, I I wanted if she was if she was on the call, I just wanted to make sure that we opened the mic up. That's all. Oh no, 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 no. So <laughs> no, this sounds like a this this lineup tonight sounds like a Oprah Winfrey uh, show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Look, about. I appreciate how the how, how the brother said. Wait, let's get this thing right, right, right now. Yeah, let me. Let's just you know I get that. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to well, you forgive me. I, I normally I don't have that large of an introduction. You know, I, I go about maybe thirty seconds to a minute. I think that was like a four minute introduction there. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. I wanna I wanna ask a question, but I wanna start off with Ms. Jones. I want her to, to start this off. home again. Wow, this is this is uh mm, this this is serious. We're talking about relationships. Uh, when, when you were given your part to write it in this book, Ms. Jones, and, and I want everybody to go down the line and talk about their part, what they thought when they were first um, confronted with this. What, what did you think? Did you did you struggle writing it, or did it just come easy for you? Well, I think that writing this story came pretty easy for me because it is a it's a story that I'd already previously been working on when I was approached about it, about the book. And it was easy in the beginning. It did get more and more difficult as I had to dig into the details of it all. Uh, This story for me is personal because my husband and I have personally gone through some of the details. Uh, Not all, but uh, it was inspired by uh, some of our own struggles and things that we've come through victoriously. So that's where it got difficult. (laughs) Having to be mm. honest and frank, and, mm. and find that restoration. Mm. Wow. Okay, Mr. Gray. Uh, for me, at first it was kind of difficult because at first I was thinking, "Oh man, I don't have time for this." But really, it wasn't so much that I didn't have time for it. It was just it was challenging to me. The restored relationships. I mean, I've written about relationships in my other books, but but this one, I'm thinking, how do I put something back together? I mean, I didn't even know where to start at first. But then it just started flowing to me. God gave me something. I was like, I need something for this. I was out and the deadline was sneaking up. I'm like, I got to, I've got to come up with something. I don't want Wanda mad at me, but I don't know where I'm going to write. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> but it, it came to me though. <laughs> oh okay, Mr. Mall. Um, for me, the challenge whenever I write a story, especially uh, with the topic, it's always how can I tell a story that is different and stands on its own. Because with Home Again and with the theme being restored relationships, you already know that it's going to speak to some people. It's going to speak to a lot of people, and it's going to minister to a lot of people. The question is, how can you present a story that has a new, a d- independent perspective that will allow the person to stay engaged and not person say, okay, I've read this story like 20 million times already. So for me... I was excited to do the project, but where my challenge came was how do I approach a restoration of relationship that is not something that you see every day? Oh, okay. Awesome. Ms. Campbell? Well, uh, my whole concept, um, as I said before, I'm very transparent. Um, I, I looked at my own life and all the broken relationships I had and how the, our home life was just so messed up. 
and all the drama and things that I went through, and I wanted to write something and also put a collection together that wasn't just stuck on male and female relationships because there's many relationships. And so I wanted something that spoke to every relationship out there because everybody has a broken relationship of some type, whether it's a friend or a sibling or a parent or even your pastor and member. So um, I wanted to minister to those who had broken relationships and then offer them some hope of reconciliation. Wow. You know, I, I think that's so important. Um, that you would come up with a with an idea, a concept like that, you know, and just the just the the idea of not focusing on like that male female type relationship, you know, because there are other relationships that are built, friendships that are built, and you know, consequently broken, and many people don't know how to deal with, you know, fixing, mending, you know, uh, relating to those type of relationships you know some people may be good at you know mending you know boyfriend girlfriend relationships but they may be terrible at telling somebody how to relate to or how to deal with you know uh let's say you and your like you like your example you and your pastor have a disagreement you know so i, I think that's really good that you know you, that you had the foresight to do something like this you know let me let me ask this question now you said that, uh, and um, many of you all said that the book was kind of difficult to write, you know, because you had to dig down deep into those, you know, personal feelings. How did it feel once you put it on paper? And I'll start with uh, Mr. Gray. The one I want, I got the story out. It felt kind of liberating. So I had to really put myself in the shoes of the relationship I was talking about. It's one I didn't have any personal experience with, I really had to think, well, what if this had happened? I had to go from there. And once I got it out, I'm like, you know, this could help somebody. Because I do know some people who are going through situations like the one I wrote about. So I was really trying to put myself in some shoes that I really hadn't walked in, and it felt good to get that out. And then Miss hmm. Campbell? Well, I, I, my story is about twins, twin sisters, and I don't have a twin sister, and I don't have any personal experience with this type of betrayal by a sister. Um, so like Maurice said, you know, when we write, we become our characters. So um, I felt their pain. I felt the hurt and the betrayal and all of that. And when I was done, it was cleansing. I mean, I was writing the last scene. It was just like such a relief because it was restored, and it was it was just a heavy weight that was lifted. Hmm. And, uh, Mr. Boss? For me, I really enjoyed and had a lot of fun writing the story, and I knew that the story would definitely inspire and touch people because some of the greatest stories of all time and some of the greatest films of all times are ones that involve a fighter and how you could see that whatever this fighter is going going through in the ring, it also translates to what they're fighting for outside, and people can relate to that. So for me, it was very ministering because it just reminds you that life is a fight. Every day, this faith walk, every day, this journey through life, you have to get up and be prepared to fight in order to advance, in order to move, in order to have the things that you desire out of life. So for me, it was just exciting because it was just reminding me 
you know, that to be victorious in this life is you just got to keep getting up and answering the call. Mm. And last but not least, Miss Jones. Well, as a first-time published author, words cannot express the joy I experienced when I could finally see this work come to an end and be put into a book, uh, and especially the joy I felt uh, seeing the restoration happen at the end for my characters because the characters experienced uh, so much rejection and loss of self-worth. So to see my main character find her self-value in God and find her love again with her spouse, it was it was a release for me. Um, just like Wanda said, a cleanse at the end, just to feel relieved totally, as if you yourself were going through every single detail of the story. So it was a great joy to finally see the end of it. Did you get Miss Campbell going? Yes, I got everybody. Okay. My question, and you guys can jump in however you want. Um, when you're dealing with relationships, and so many people are going through, they're breaking up, they're doing, I mean, it's just always something going on out there. How important is having faith? What what what's the what is the thing about faith that's so important for every relationship that they should have that? Okay. Okay. You, you want to go the order? You want me to start? Oh, Wanda, Wanda, you, you're the leader. Uh, the, Stop. The role, ladies first. Well, you know what? I think um, faith is really the primary um, ingredient because we need to first find out, is this a relationship I should be in? And a lot of times we don't do that before we get in it. So if we do that first, is this a relationship that I'm supposed to be in or what is my role in this relationship? Um, What is this person's role in my life? Are they here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? And once we have that answer from God, then that helps us stay in the relationship or get out when it's time to get out. Um, Sometimes we're just in stuff and we stay in too long or we go um, in a relationship that God never intended in the beginning. So I think your faith is primary and to piggyback off what Wanda is saying I think in a relationship everything comes back to faith whether it's a relationship the one of the on the intimacy level or one that deals with families there's always a point where you come back to your faith and your belief do you believe that you and this person can overcome whatever obstacle is standing in front of you do you believe that you guys can get back to the place where things, where the relationship is whole and things are working. So everything comes back to faith. It comes back to the belief. You don't know it. You can't see the end. You go by what you believe and what you believe in your heart to be true. Yeah. If I can piggyback off of what Dion just said, there's a lot of piggybacking going on here. But faith is, as I said, faith is the foundation of every kind of relationship. In my particular story, it's a rift between a mother and a son. And that's nothing I've ever personally experienced, but when I was thinking about that and trying to put myself in that position, if I had ever been estranged from my mother for any reason, how would I 
even get back? How would I get to a point of wanting to get back? And the only thing that made sense to me was that would take a lot of faith. If you didn't have a faith relationship, it would be extremely difficult to get uh, to get some healing in such a basic relationship. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add Shanae, that. You want to piggyback? I'll piggyback. I'll piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> I'll piggyback on that and say that I know for, for my story the, the the characters had to come to what they call the faith decision. Uh, a lot of people have come up to me and said, well, didn't seem like it was a miraculous thing that God came and worked out their marriage in the end. Well, God was there and he did work out the marriage in the end. However, they had to make a faith decision. Will they choose to trust the Lord? and go on with this marriage, or will they uh, just let it fall to pieces? And it wasn't something that they were waiting on God to drop out of the sky. It was something that they had to act on in their faith. Mm -hmm. And so I think, as all the other officers said, it has to come back to your foundation, and your foundation eventually is going to fall on faith. You know, I want to comment on, I got my comment is more like a question. Why is it, you know, because, um, Ms. Campbell, you said it, I think you said it best. We never go and ask God about that relationship when we get in it. It's always, oh, Lord, why did, you know, Lord, After can you help fact. me get out of it? <laughs> yeah. And it's never that, oh, Lord, you know, guide me through it or guide me into it, you know, or guide me away from it if it's not good for me, you know. I think that we'd be a whole lot better off if we were guided into these types of relationships, friendships, what have you, by saying, God, is this right for me? You know, and so, Miss Campbell, I think you're absolutely on point with that, you know. But, again, my question is, why do we do this? Why do we not ask God for that type of direction? Because we become creatures. Oh, is that like open to everyone to yeah. jump in, or is it okay? Um, so I want to be out of line. Uh, it's because we become creatures of coincidence and mystics. Where oh, this person seems to have the same favorite scripture I have. Oh, God's hand must be in that. Oh, this person right. seems this person this person and I went to the same church and we never even knew and then all of a sudden we see each other. We look for the little things that seem to magically line up like a fairy tale and never really confront God to begin with. And we don't realize that the devil and the enemy can use can use little tricks like that to get you caught up and next thing you know, several months or several years you find yourself in a mess. We become creatures of what is coincidental, what is what fits our fantasies and what fits our desires to want to have this storybook type relationship and we skip the whole process of trying to follow God to begin with. And as I've heard it said, God doesn't follow anyone. Mm. <laughs> I like that. And and you know, sometimes um we do ask God and you know, we ask for that friend or that relationship and then someone comes along and it looks right. So we don't mm-hmm. go back and ask again and say, okay, is this the right one? But because we ask, we feel it's okay because, you know, I prayed about it and here comes this person. So sometimes we do ask. And a lot of times, like Dion said, you know, if it feels good to us, I mean, who calls on God unless they're in trouble, right? 
So, so, I mean, even though the word tells us to acknowledge him in all our ways, but seriously, and when we put those things into practice, how many people can honestly say, I acknowledge God about everything before I get into it? That answer is very slim. So um, we just, we're just, a lot of times, to be honest, our flesh or our emotions really rule us. I totally agree with Wanda. I have personally, in my own past, avoided asking God for anything when I knew it was something I wanted because I was too afraid that it was going to be against my will, not his will. And so I think we just have to be honest with ourselves. And a lot of us, like she's saying, we don't want to know what he thinks. We don't want to know what his will is. We want to do it our way, have what we want, and then run back when things fall apart. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I mean, that even kind of plays out in my story a little bit. We've got a son and a mother, both of them acting strong-headed, and knowing mm-hmm. they need they think they need to make up with each other, knowing that disagreement was silly. And neither one of them, wanted, either one of them took that to God because they were afraid that God would say what they knew they were supposed to be doing in the first place. Put this, this foolishness aside and, and start talking. Instead of talking at each other, start talking to each other and listening. It's real easy to do that. I'm, I've done that myself in various situations. Not once is it. I know no one good and well. I need to seek God about this. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to because I know what God's going to say, and I'm not ready to hear it. Maurice's story is a good example of how the enemy takes good things and make them bad things. Because what the young man's mother was doing was a good thing. Exactly. It was, it was she was taking in children was, who needed it, and, yeah, and he you was know, and, extra attention that she was giving to them. Yeah, so but she took that the enemy took that good thing and made it a bad thing because she neglected her own child. Right. So. Well, let me ask this question. We we have I have a lot of people on Facebook sending me questions to ask you guys, and they're, okay. they're loving you. Uh, yeah, I, I think let, let me start it with Miss Jones and 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 everybody else just fall in place and answer however you want. But right now, there's a lot of women we know want to get married, but what is so hard about couples today that they really don't get to know each other? Why why does everybody try to do the microwave relationship and and not take the time to get to know one another? What what why is everybody moving so fast is my question. Okay, is this a twelve part thing? <laughs> Hmm. I think um, I think everyone is in a rush. Again, going back to that that last question, uh, not wanting to consult with God. I think everyone is ready to have a a perfect life, and they think that marriage is going to be the answer. Sometimes, so you have single women running the conferences left and right, and trying to figure out how they can no longer be single <laughs> and get a man and get married and start a family, but they don't really go to the Lord and see what God has in store for their life in that state of being single. And uh, you're right, it is microwave. Everything right now is microwave. So relationships are, are um, you know, kiss kiss on the first date, do more on the second date, and you're married in a week, and and then you're, you're back begging God for healing and mercy and all of that. And these are the saints. 
I mean, the Christian women are are unfortunately a little extra desperate than it seemed we used to be. That we're we're doing all kinds of things to be noticed and get attention, and it's ridiculous. But I believe that um, I believe that we could really take a note from this Home Again book and realize that it's not worth having to go through all the struggles of restoring a relationship than just to sit back and let that relationship build in a healthy manner. And so you don't have to deal with what this story is about, and that's piecing all these things back together in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, for one, I don't think there is a set time that you need to get to know each other. You know, you got to be okay to 90 days, six months. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is people don't entreat God and see who their mate is. I think they look at the outer. I mean, once God shows you your mate, then the next question is, okay, what is the timing? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people just go because God could say, yeah, that's your mate. I know people who got married within 90 days and been married for years and been happy. So I right. to, me, to me it's not a set time, but the issue is, is this the one for me? And the only one that knows that is God, but people aren't talking to God like that. Because a lot of times their hearts are already involved, and God could be saying, no, everybody in your family, your inner circle, your outer circle could be telling you to run, but your heart is in it. You're not hearing that. So and you're not going to hear God. You're going to justify it. So I think it goes back again. We really have to start living Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and seeing what is the Lord is saying. And when he say, yeah, that's him or that's her, okay, now, Lord, what's the time? Because yeah. you can I, marry the right person at the wrong time. Uh, yeah. And wow. I think I think people, and what Wanda hit on and what Jeanette has hit on is so true, is that a lot of Christians and a lot of believers have a fundamental problem. The problem is God is to change our lives and to work and transform us to his plan. Not for us to bring our plan and say, God, this is who... I want to marry and stuff, so why don't you go ahead and, you know, work everything out for me to be with this person. And, you know, though this person may not be good for me, they got this issue, that issue going on. You can do all things. So just go ahead and work that out and get back to me because I'm going to be shopping for a dress. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's and that's what the problem is. It's like, it's like no, you you accepted Jesus in your life because your plans and how you saw things and how you processed things and everything was fundamentally off. <laughs> and mm. you're going to God, the source, who knows you, who knew you before you was even conceived, to say, God, I want to do things your way, your time. And that's that's the fundamental problem. It's, it goes back to God does not follow you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true. I see it a lot. Just in my day job, and I'm doing counseling. I do HIV counseling. And I see countless examples of people, many of whom say, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Then the next breath, when I get to the point, okay, well, what kind of risk have you had where you could have potentially contracted this thing? And then they're rolling off a list. I'm like, oh, man, I know people who aren't saved that don't do that much. This is, this is what happens when you run in front of God, just like just like you always say. You lay out your plan. Say, well, I'll, well, God, go ahead and fix him up, and then I'll take him. Or fix him up, and I'll take him. Mm-hmm. And, and what I see is the people sitting across from me broken. 
hoping they didn't catch something. And they're like, okay, we're mm-hmm. back to the basics here. So I, okay, I definitely agree with you on later that just just like I see every day on the job. People not waiting to hear what God has to say, but running ahead of him, wanting God to God to be in their life but just as an advisor. Not as bad as her. Go ahead, God. Problem, I mean. Finalize that divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so that person can marry me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you know what's you know what's sort of funny and sad about what Mr. Gray is saying. That rings true everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, you would be well. You wouldn't. He wouldn't be surprised because he knows. Um, you know, Greg and I have done uh, HIV uh, counseling and testing in the past as well, and. You know, I could I could go down the gambit of folks, you know, that say that identify with certain things that they, oh well, I've never done this. Oh, but yeah, but you know, I I did do this. Oh, well, you know, I did do that. And it's like, okay, you told me in the first sentence that you never had sex before, <laughs> but then in the second sentence you said, well, I had oral sex and had all the other sexes, but that's not considered <laughs> sex, right? Yep. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, that's all. It's it's a reason why it says sex at the end of the word. <laughs> you know? Exactly. There's no loophole in this. That counts, okay? You know, yeah. if it says that it's up, it's not because it's not up. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. You know, but you're, you're absolutely right, you yeah. know, and I think that's, that also rings true in just relationships, period. Mm-hmm. Certain mm-hmm. things that people will say that, you know, they have a boundary or a limit of, oh, I'll never do that, or oh, I'll never say that, or oh, I'll never have to entertain that idea or that concept. But then when confronted with it, they succumb to it because they haven't been fully prepared to say no, you know, or fully prepared to say, you know, to to do, to do what they're saying they'll do. You know, it's sort of the person that says, I want to fly a kite, but they've never actually seen someone fly one, or they've never actually, like, you know, used string before. <laughs> but they say, oh, I'm not going to fly a kite. I'm going to fly a kite tomorrow. You know, yeah. and then when they're presented with the string, they say, what do I do with this? When, yeah. You know, you say, well, there's a kite attached to it. Yeah, but what do I do with it? I don't know what to do with it. You know, You know, instead of saying, teach me what to do, they just say, I don't know. You know, and they go through life thinking that, hey, this is how you fly a kite. You just hold a string because somebody handed me the string. Mm. You know? Well, let me ask this question. We've done this with just about every author, and I know that uh, one of our authors has already pretty much told us how she was inspired by writing. So, Ms. Jones, we'll, we'll skip you on this one. We've already... We already know that you were inspired by the, the uh, movie Roots. But for everyone else, can you tell us what inspired you to write? Well, my mother was an English teacher. She always she taught me young how to enjoy reading. And for me, that kind of rolled right into a love of writing. I can remember as far back as third, fourth grade, being that one kid in the class who actually liked writing book reports. So from that, as I kept reading more stuff, and I kept wanting to say, well, I can do that. I like these books. Let's see what, let's see what I can do with it. But I really didn't try writing any stories on this level until I got out of college. So I'm thinking, you know what, I can do this. Let me just start. I had this idea, 
The next thing I know, the next thing I know, I'm waiting on this one little idea. I'm thinking it's going to be a short story. Next thing you know, it's a novel. It took a while for me to get get it from point A to point B, but what, what, what the, I think the, the one thing that really pushed me over the over the hump with it, while I was trying to give up on it, I read a book called This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. Mm. It kind of validated what I was doing. I didn't even know there was such a thing as Christian fiction at the time I was writing. I just knew I was writing, and I knew yeah, I wanted to do this from a Christian perspective, but I didn't know if there was a market for it. And then I read that book, and that just inspired me to keep going and not try to write exactly like Frank Peretti, but just to keep doing what I'm doing, knowing that, that there actually is a market for it. Mm. That's what did it for me. For for me, it always goes back to an English teacher I had who one day sat, I sat down and read a, the poem A Negro Speak of Rivers by Langston Hughes. And then I read Edgar Allan Poe's Annabelle Lee. And after that, I just knew there was nothing else I wanted to do because the way those two authors took words and string them together to create images and create emotions and really move you and really tell you a story and tell you what they think about life. That just um, that just inspired me. And then um, not that a few years ago, what really inspired me to just write real serious as far as getting into writing um, fiction novels was the... I'm forgetting about the movie. It was the white version of Ray. Oh, uh, Walk the Line. About um, And in the scene, there was a producer that asked Johnny Cash if he had one story to tell to let God know and let everyone know how he felt about life, what would that story be? Well, what would the song? And I take that as, for me, as a writer, if I have one story to tell or if I only have one more story to write to let God and let everyone in the world know what I feel about Christianity, what I feel about the state of human beings, and so much more, what would that story be? And that's what inspires me, and that's what moves me. That's awesome. Yes, it is. That's awesome. Uh, Wanda, um, yes. and for everyone, where do you want, or what do you want to happen with Home Again? Where do you want Home Again to take you? To take me as a writer or the reader? Meaning, what do you want to happen with Home Again? Do you do you see it, or, or are you thinking it should turn into a movie, or or, or something, some future type things with all of you guys doing maybe uh, seminars, workshops, or something like that, where you're able to talk with people that are young writers or college students or someone that wants to write books or people that are having problems with relationships that can probably talk with you guys one-on-one. Well, you know, I'm really hoping that Home Again is really just the beginning. Um, This is just the first volume. And I'm hoping that Home Again would really open the dialogue on individual levels as well as in the ministry aspect of it, in small groups or even large groups, to get people to really talking about those relationships that have hurt them that they never gotten over and that those relationships that caused them to make decisions today that may be holding them back to really get free from them. I'm really hoping that um, churches would even take it as a study guide to read these stories and see you know oh, yeah, how oh, yeah. how do I deal with when my the person close to me the one I shared the wound with when she betrays me how do I get over that 
how do I deal with I uh my my own personal life um both of my primary relationships with my parents um my father was not existent and my mother was dysfunctional because she didn't want any kids she just had five but um so I my whole family life was dysfunctional so how do you get over not having that validation as a kid how do you let go of those things so you don't continue to hurt other people as you go and then put that on your own kids so i had to live through that and and when i was living through it people weren't talking about it i was in the church people knew about my situation they knew the home life but they didn't talk about it instead they just told me i was mean i need to stop being so mean and be a little softer but nobody actually helped me work to get through those issues so I could be softer. So I'm hoping Home Again would open that dialogue and help people walk through the steps of forgiveness and and where those walls have been built up, that they can start coming down where people will want to restore relationships because the bottom line is these broken relationships, we love these people. If we didn't, it wouldn't hurt us. If we didn't care, we could just move on. But they, we love these people, so how can we get past this and love like Christ loved? Mm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you said a word right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's offering time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, what do you want to do? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you know, because I, I think that what she said was so important about people knowing what's going on but not offering any real substance mm-hmm. to help that person get through or get past. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think, like, for our show, this is really the cornerstone of why we do our show. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, you hear and you'll hear us say this, we like to help others be more, do more, and have more. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, that's a concept that Greg came up with a long time ago, and, you know, it still rings true. You know, if I can help you get better, do better, and have a little bit more than what you have right now, then I've accomplished my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you know, really and what we're here for. We're not really here for us. You know, now I look back, um, okay, my childhood and my life, okay, this was really getting me to here, to reach out right. to somebody else. So. Right. You know, it, it didn't feel good that didn't nobody reach out to me, but yet it put a burden in me to reach out to other people that I see coming along. So it, it wasn't about me, even though I felt it. It really wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. Mr. Moss? Uh, what I hope for with Home Again is that Home Again, and with any project, is that it will have the effect that books have had on me because books are extremely powerful and they can change lives and they have changed lives and it's an enduring art and the reason why is because the writer makes a partnership and in so many ways a covenant with the reader and with this anthology the reader gets to go on a journey through different families that you may be able to recognize their situations or maybe their situations are foreign to you and we partner together to take you on the journey to let you know that God is in the business of restoring relationships and that no matter how strained or strange a relationship is, there's always a way, if you are willing, if you have faith, for the doors to open up and for the road to lead where you can be restored. And that's the the biggest thing. I mean, as far as 
sales or as far as what was asked about movie deals and things, that's the easy part. The biggest challenge is for us as writers to write the stories that really convey what God wanted to convey, and we've done that successfully. I know God is pleased. I know that lives will be touched with that project. So that's what my hope is for Home Again. Awesome, awesome. Mr. Mr. Gray? Yeah, I, I just want to see this book touch people. I mean, it's easy to get caught up and say, oh, I hope it sells this many copies, and I hope that every time we have events that it goes like this or like this or like this. But the one thing that we were talking about like last time we had a conference call, not too long ago, actually, we were just discussing the whole ministry aspect of it. And one of us brought up the point that whether, that whether we're ready for this or not, we're going to have to be prepared to minister to something at some point. There are going to be readers who might come up to us and say, well, I have a, a situation something like this. So if we, we have to be ready to either step up to the plate or if we know full and well, God telling us we're not prepared for this, make sure to get that person to somebody who can help them. If you can't just turn somebody away who's saying, well, you still really ministered to me. So if, we, so if we know we're equipped to help them, we can't shy away from it. And if we know we're not, they yeah. I know for a minute there was something that I know I wasn't equipped to handle, but say, for example, I knew Wanda was perfectly equipped to handle it. I would call Wanda over in a minute and say, I don't want this person to go unminister to. So what I'm really hoping for is that we don't miss opportunities when these stories do touch people. Well, I'm pretty sure they will. I'm hoping that we don't back away when we have an opportunity to really help somebody. And sometimes it doesn't take like a huge ministry effort of preaching our sermon to them. All it takes is listening sometimes. And that's what these stories can do. It can get people willing to talk about something that they might not have been willing to talk about with anyone before. Sometimes that can be just as liberating as if they did get a word from you. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That's so true. Ms. Jones? You know, I have a family member who I shared this with uh, the group the other night, uh, a man in my family who never reads, never, ever reads. And this is a big deal. He He makes it plain and clear that he doesn't care to read. So, when, of course, he's going to read it because he's family, when he reads this book, he calls and goes on and on about each story that he'd read the entire thing before I could even finish the book. And he was so moved by the stories because as a young man growing up, he has so many multiple broken relationships that to this day have not been restored. So I think that it I think that's what I'm after. I think that's what we're all after. We're after that person who uh the preacher didn't get to him, the the message didn't get to him, the you know, a friend didn't get through to him. But this story meets them right where they are. And this story these stories will will bring some kind of healing. Because whether he ever has that opportunity to go to the people that have hurt him, he now has been shown hope. And so that's I think that's what I want more than anything. I just want this book to get into the hands of people who need to read it and who need to know that there is a God who still loves them. There is a God who wants to restore and heal them and that he can do it whether they ever see that person again, that he can do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That's powerful. That's mm-hmm. powerful. Brian? Yeah, I was going to say, so what's up next for, um, I'll start out with Miss Campbell. What's up next for you? 
Uh, well, right now I'm uh, busy with my latest release, Right Package, Wrong Baggage, and I'm also preparing for my next release in August, uh, Silver Lining. Wow. And I'm also working on the manuscript for 2012. So I'm pretty busy. Um, I will probably spend most of the winter writing again. Um, so, And I'm starting to tour as well after next week. Um, this weekend, for those of you who are in Northern California, uh, we're having a, the Home Again book launch actually Saturday in Richmond, California at the Courtyard Marriott. So um, feel free to come on down or tell a friend to come by. And um, so it's it's really, I'm just really open to see how God is going to work, um, where he's going to send us. Um, my prayer is that he sends each of us, because we're all over the country, send each of us out strategically to minister to people. Yeah. Ooh, somebody got a baby. Uh, that's that's my son, uh, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> He's he, has, he he wants us to he wants everybody to go out and buy like five copies of <laughs> <laughs> you know, help with his future college fund, huh? Don't you, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I would argue with that, my brother. <laughs> well, and since Caleb has chimed in, what's up next for you, sir? Um I have the retreat coming out in my second novel, the retreat coming out in December next month. It, you know, I'm very excited. It's a story that deals with four men who, under normal circumstances, would not know each other, and they get together for a weekend's men's retreat. And you find out what happens when men get together and go to a men's retreat. So I'm, I'm very excited uh, for home again and and for the retreat. It's an exciting time. For me as a as a writer, I'm just very thankful. Wow, that sounds like that sounds like that's gonna be a good book. Oh, you gonna go on a wild ride? Prepare to <laughs> laugh, prepare to think, prepare to even be moved to tears. So I'm very excited. Wow. All right, Mr. Gray. Okay. Well, actually, my story in Home Again. It, it, it kind of leads into my next novel. I'm hoping to release Female Problems next April. Maybe I have to push it back a couple of times. The Female Problems is going to be my third novel. And actually, in some ways, it's similar to Dior's book. It's about three mm-hmm. men. They're, they're, they become friends. It's just watching them deal with how they deal with their relationships, with their work issues, with all the stuff that concerns us as men, and how their friendship is making everything easier for them to deal with, even though each of them is dealing with some very difficult circumstances. My character from my story in Home Again, which is called Family Matters, I lead character, the son in that one's book is named Eric. Eric is pretty much the lead character in Female Problem. And he's going through a lot. I mean, in Family Matters, he's going through a horrible car accident. And when you see him in Female Problems, you pick up where how he's dealing with life after healing. That's, that can be difficult sometimes. And becoming easier for him to get back out there and get back into life by meeting these two brothers that he that he never might have encountered otherwise. Even the way they meet, it's a, it's a God thing. So the book is dealing with their friendship, their ups and their downs, and how they help each other. Just get through this thing we call life and laugh about it in the process. Mm. Mm. All right, and last but not least, Miss Jones. 
So I'm hoping to present the full novel of uh, my story, Uncovered. Right now I'm almost through with it, and um, I'll probably slide it to Wanda and tell let her tell me if it's garbage oh. or if it's secret. I want to reply. Or if it's a, a good one, and we'll see what she says and go from there. <laughs> but it's a great story. Um, I think my biggest frustration was having to push it down into a, a little story when I had already created a pretty big story out of it. So I'm really looking forward to letting oh. readers go through the entire entire ordeal and come out at the end with, with joy and hope. Yeah. Now, I, I, if you could, uh, Jeanette, we're going to go back through... Uh, Really quick, really quick, and uh, have everybody. Jeanette, I'm sorry, to say Jeanette. We, we we really want everybody to give out their information, uh, contact information on how they can get in contact with you as far as speaking engagement, book signings, anything. Uh, if you would just give out your contact information, we'll start out with Jeanette. Uh, my website is JeanetteJones.com, and I'm also on Facebook, Jeanette Jones. Okay. Wanda? Uh, my website is wandabcampbell.net, and um, I'm also on Facebook, and you can also reach me at micah68books.com as well. And I love to get e- get emails at wandab, I mean, wbcampbell at prodigy.net. Okay. DeJoy? Uh, I'm a my website is dionmoss.webs, W-E-B-S dot com. I'm available on Facebook as well. And, you know, I don't know how you do the whole little Facebook thing, but you can reach me on Facebook, you know, forward slash Facebook. or If you type in my name, I'm sure I'm probably the only person that's going to come up. <laughs> so, so I, and, um, yeah, that's how you can get in contact with me. Mr. Gray? My website is Maurice Emma Gray Jr., J-R, not spelled out, dot com. I'm also on Facebook. Just put Maurice Gray in there. There's not too many of us going to pop up, so you can find me there. And my email is rightvision2000 at yahoo.com. Okay. We have about five minutes left into the show. Did anybody have any last-minute words or something inspirational that they will say or something encouraging for some of our listeners out there that may be going through? Wanda? Oh, come on. Here. Uh, Y'all just throw me out of the train all the time, huh? Um, It's fun. Well, you know, I just really, my real passion is to see people whole and to not suffer. So if I could say anything encouraging, it would be to really have the courage, because we all know we need to work on some things, but sometimes we just lack the courage to do it. But have the courage to take that first step to be made whole, to come out of that bondage, and and just really trust God. I mean, I wish there was another answer I could tell you, but really you just can't do it without God. And when you hear what he says, to have the courage to obey him. I know my brother, Mr. Gray, has something. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, I definitely. <laughs> well, I definitely agree with you. Nothing is too hard for God. 
Because I just want people not to be as hard-headed as I've been sometimes. Listen to what God has to say and act on it, especially where relationships are concerned. It can be difficult sometimes to have to go to somebody when you know you have to apologize and you don't feel like doing it because they made you mad too. But listen to God when he's urging you to repair that relationship because realistically life is too short to waste on trifling things or silly things. I mean, there's more important things to worry about than, about than who looked at whose girlfriend and who said this and what you said about my mama 10 years ago. This stuff is not as important as we make it out to be. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I say something, guys? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there are, um, besides the four of us, there are five other authors in Home Again. And I would love it if readers would go to Micah's six and eight books and you can read the bio and learn more about the other authors. We have um Trinea Moss, who is Bjorn's wife. Trinia. 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 <laughs> Trinia. Oh. Her first story. Okay. Her first story is in there. You have Tyora Moody. She's also a debut author. And Tavares Carney and as well as veterans Linda Bede and Bernard Bolton. So you can learn more about these people, and they've all had vast experiences in relationships. Awesome, awesome. Brian? Wow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm actually out there friending everybody on Facebook, if you want to, <laughs> Brian J. <Jenkins. laughs> <laughs> But uh, I want to say that we we thank you all for coming on the show. I mean, I've been blown away by some of the comments tonight, and I know that everyone that has been listening or definitely have been blessed by your all presence. And, you know, we thank God for you. We thank you for, you know, just spending just a little bit of time with us and, you know, and our listeners you know, so from I know from Greg and from myself and on behalf of the Abundant Solutions Hour, we really, really appreciate you all joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Yeah, Thank Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, please continue blessing everybody because you really blessed us tonight. Thank you. you. Really did. Thank you. Yeah, what you guys are doing is so needed. It is really needed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I want to, uh, in the show by just talking a little bit about this thing called relationships. You know, when when we think about the word relationship, the one thing that many people fail to ascertain from that word is the key word, relate. You know, they find one little small thing that they can relate to, and, you know, they run with it not realizing that a relationship, you know, you can't build a ship with one board. You have to have many pieces to that board, you know, in order to build that ship. So that, you know, you have to find these things that you can relate to, and they're not just this one thing, oh, I like ice cream and she likes ice cream and both of us like vanilla. Here's our (laughs) – now we're compatible, you know, or – this person is my favorite, you know, artist, and that's your favorite artist. Hey, we can be friends. No, there are many different pieces to a relationship. That's yeah. why they call it a relationship, because it's relational. 
You know, when you think about computers, you can't build a relational database with two things that relate to each other. No, it's multidimensional. As in all relationships, they should be multidimensional, multifaceted. Yes. You know, you if you can't find more than five or six things that you have in common with that person, you don't have anything in common with that person. Okay. <laughs> okay, now it's time for his offering. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like the way he broke that down. Amen. All right. So that's my that's my ten cents for tonight. And with that being said, you all have been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight. We ask that you please join us again next week as we'll have another wonderful and exciting and informative show. Good evening to you all. God bless you, and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.